Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful, If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. All right. Cool. So yeah, I'm good. Thanks for for agreeing to do a a second, second episode. Yeah, no worries. My pleasure, man. It's a good time. How have you been? Oh, I've been good, you know. Same, same old, same old school, judo, work, and vegan activism. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we'll see if that gets tied in into this topic or not. Yeah, I, I feel like it might. All right. Well, I'll start off. I'll ask you, um, yeah, the the opening question, which is, uh, what are the similarities and differences? between causing harm versus not preventing harm yeah uh so like i think the interesting part is like there are different aspects you can look at it from so there's like the philosophical kind of aspect i think at least where it's like is there a real moral difference and then there's also kind of the question of is like the blame the the same kind of blame that we should like if someone's let's say there's someone is bullying someone yeah is the blame on the bully the same blame we should put on a bystander um so i think there's two aspects we can look at it from and uh i feel like personally they both give pretty different answers so when you talk in terms of the blame i think it is fairly different there's a difference between like you're doing something that's causing harm and you should stop versus a non-action where it's like, you're not really actively causing, not, not actively doing anything actually really. Right. Yeah. So I think in in terms of like blame and how we uh, view an individual for their actions or their non-actions in some cases um, could definitely be different. But then when you look at like the moral aspect, I think that's where it gets kind of interesting because I think that 
Like, I think uh, I was, I was thinking about this topic today, actually. And, um, Peter Singer brings up like a pretty good point when he talks about like human ethics. And he says, uh, if there is a child and you might've heard this is pretty famous. If there's a child, um, at a park and there's a pond and the child falls into the pond and you know, with pretty good certainty that if you don't do something to help that they're going to die, uh, would you do something? And most people would say, of course. But then is that not similar to things that are going on in uh, like Uganda, let's say, where um, it's a very similar situation, but it's not right in front of our eyes. So in, in both situations, you're actually preventing harm. But there's like kind of like the direct action difference for a lot of people in terms of how we perceive people to be good and bad. Right. If that makes any sense, it kind of went on a bit of a rant. No, it makes sense. Uh, so, curious what what drew you to this this topic? Um, was it was it like reading something from Peter Singer? Was it something else? Um. Well, it it kind of appealed to me just because of well, veganism in general is a pretty good analogy with this, right? Because going vegan is a non-action, right? And if, well, I think most, like you are vegan, and I think most vegans would agree that um, paying for the things that happen in a slaughterhouse is like horrendous and we should not support that. But then is being vegan simply enough is the question. Is there a difference between um, you actively paying for harm or you being the actual reason that it's happening? Are you being a bystander and say like at the uh, dinner table or something like along those lines, right? So sure. that that definitely kind of uh, resonated with me personally, right? My personal life. Hmm. So you're saying it has implications for activists of any kind, whether it be animal welfare or the environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So taking just taking another example. So let's say someone who's really concerned about uh, the environment and global warming. And obviously there's a relationship between this and, and uh, veganism and animal agriculture, but like just taking the environmental aspect, you're saying um, if you believe that like pre uh, not preventing harm is as bad as causing it, then you're more likely to, I guess, be an activist and, and talk to others I'm just trying to, last thing I'd say, yeah, I'm just trying to yeah, think ahead. about it in my mind because for activism, for me, there's like this uh, debate as to whether it's more effective to kind of just do your own thing and hope others take notice and ask questions versus um, like putting yourself out there. And yeah, I, I would not disagree with that necessarily. I would actually probably agree with that but there's a difference between what's effective and what's like what's moral or what's morally consistent with, with the way we live or uh things like that or, or what we view what what way should it be not way is the most what way is the most effective right right um so again that's like kind of two separate two separate debates i wouldn't necessarily uh disagree with what you just said yeah okay I just think it's, it, like I said before in the very beginning, there's a philosophical 
kind of aspect to it. And when you talk about the morality, but then again, there's the kind of like applied ethics. Uh, how do we deal with this in the real world kind of situation, which, uh, yeah, like I said before, I think is a different answer. Okay. So that's, I kind of want to, I'm I like focusing on the real world implications. Yeah. Like, sure. So what are, what are some of the real world implications that come to mind for you related to this? Related to uh, causing harm versus not preventing it? Yeah, and like how it might affect, I don't know, policies and stuff like that. If nothing comes to mind, I can, I can go into some of the stuff I... Well, the thing, the thing I'm thinking of is like, it kind of comes back to like similar to the Peter Singer kind of uh, thought experiment, which is uh, we do have, have that in the real world, right? So it's a question would be like, what would be the difference between um, paying, let's say, $10, $20 to send somebody that's starving poison and kill them and then sending somebody um, $10, $20, $30 to help save them? So in, in one situation, you're causing harm. Well, there would be three situations, actually, right? In one situation, you'd be causing harm. Another situation, you would be doing uh, nothing, so the, what, what Peter Singer brings forward is that essentially doing nothing would be the same as sending somebody um, poison to, to kill them, right? right? Because yeah. like, what would be the difference between spending that money to kill them and then spending that money to save them? So yeah. like in, in a practical well, scenario, saying, he, I, I think, think he's saying like, if you, if you could save someone for... I don't know, a couple hundred dollars and you have that money and you spend it on something that's like material to you. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like a gold necklace or something like that, whatever, something that you don't need to survive. He makes the case that like, that's almost as bad as killing the person. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you put it in better ways than I did. Absolutely. So like to me, so, it's a very interesting argument. Legally, I don't know if, I'm trying to think like would like would this, you ever want to live I in a world would you ever want to live in a world where like you were um punished or like put in jail or whatever like there's consequences for doing that kind of thing I don't know for 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 choosing to buy the harm. gold necklace instead yeah. of spending the money to help people So yeah Oh no it, it cut off for a sec can you hear me okay now yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just uh, I think I was getting a call. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, no but, problem. Um, yeah, as I was as as I was saying, it was just like the I think we can't blame somebody for let's say seeing harm and like not intervening the same way we would blame somebody for causing that actual harm. Like in any real life situation, I think that's pretty easy to imagine. Like if you think about um, someone that's committing a murder in like an apartment building, let's say for example. And someone from the apartment building across sees it and gets traumatized and doesn't know how to cope with it and doesn't speak about it and tries to suppress it. We can't go to that person and say um, the repercussions should be the same. I don't think so. So, yeah, like it makes sense, but I'm trying to, th I don't know if most people are going to buy this argument, but in the example of like, I don't know, like not not donating money to help people and instead spending like all your money on like material stuff. If if you're doing that, 
it's probably because you're like not educated at all on um, like how your money can go to help people or you have uh, misconceptions about it because people told you that giving money to charity is useless or whatever. Like there's a, there's probably some sort of reason behind why you're not helping people or whatever. Right. Yeah. And what I'm going to say is similarly, when you harm someone, if someone kills someone, there's probably something going on, whether they have um, some sort of mental illness, which is out of their control or like there, it could be a variety of factors, but Maybe I'm maybe it's a stretch to make that argument, but I guess the argument I'm making is in both cases, there's like factors that led to the person making that decision. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. So yeah, like I see what you're trying to say. Are you saying like they could I'm, both be dealt with in similar ways, essentially? Yeah, I'm saying like are they really that different? Because you were saying you couldn't deal you shouldn't you can't possibly deal with them. In the yeah. same way, like killing someone versus um, allowing someone to be killed cannot be dealt with in the same way. But I'm saying like maybe maybe you can make an argument for them to be dealt with in the same way. That's interesting. Like it's definitely something I would have to think about deeper. Yeah. But like for face value when I think about that, it just seems not – not irrational and not illogical because I could see the logic behind it. Absolutely. In fact, like it is, uh, well, it does depend on like the situation, what, what we're talking about, because we could have very different situations, but in some situations, like it could be just as morally wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, again, it just really depends on like, yeah, like what you said, like, I guess the factors, the motivations and, it would be a challenge to be able to analyze those things and know what the differences are in certain different situations. Cause all situations would differ, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'll think about it more. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Also something, yeah, just like something interesting. It's kind of like a side note that I was, I was watching a podcast uh, today with cosmic skeptic. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. You, you showed me um, him. Yeah, he has a, a philosophical YouTube channel. He's pretty good. And um, he was talking about uh, wild animal suffering. And like, this is like another reason why I want to talk about uh, causing harm versus not preventing harm. Because like when we when we talk about, well, we'll talk about animal rights in this situation just because that's what I'm going to talk about. So when we talk about animal rights, like there's the obvious um, like slaughterhouse problem and the, the food supply chain that is causing all this animal suffering, which we are directly causing, right? As, as a human species, we are causing this immense animal suffering in slaughterhouses. But if you want to take the view, which I would agree with, that causing harm and uh, not preventing harm are morally the same, if not very similar, yeah. then we have to think about, especially as vegans, wild animal suffering, because wild animal suffering compared to slaughterhouse or uh, factory farmed uh, suffering, it's, it's much bigger, right? Wild animal suffering. Yeah. So even though we're not causing it, even though we can argue that it's uh, natural, it's still an immense amount of animal suffering. And if the reason we're vegan is because we want to try to limit suffering in the world, then I think 
we would have to absolutely acknowledge, at least acknowledge and talk about this other side, which is wild animal suffering, which is not caused by us directly. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm just going to say... Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I've watched like a few things on wild animal suffering. I'll send them to you. You might have already seen them like YouTube videos, but I was just going to say for anyone who's listening and is like, what the hell is wild animal suffering? Because I don't think it's a very common or it's like a fairly new concept. Uh, I guess the... Well, I mean, as a kid, like we all used to watch like National Geographic and, and all those shows where we see like the predator and the prey, right? Yeah. So essentially that's all it is. Yeah. It's It's animal suffering in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Um, I think we all, we all know what it is, but what, what, why we don't tend to think about it, at least I think is because it's natural, right? We can make the argument that it's not caused by us and we're not doing anything to cause the suffering. So why should we intervene into the natural world to try to stop it? And but the, the is, next is the question is like, to bring it up in. well, the next question is like, can you, what can you even do about it? Right. It's a, it's a much harder problem or to me, yeah. it seems like a much harder problem to tackle than getting people to eat less meat. Yeah. So that's, again, that's like, that's the difference, right? So there's always going to be this difference when we talk about like causing versus not preventing. Yeah. Uh, the difference is the practical solution. And that's why I talk to people not about wild animal suffering, but about like what we consumerism suffering um because it's we have a practical solution for that and as of right now we don't have a practical solution for wild animal suffering but the reason i brought it up is because uh if we're talking about this topic then i think like this or sorry if we're talking about causing versus not preventing then this topic of wild animal suffering is something that should at least be acknowledged even though we don't have a solution for it if we're going to say that causing and not preventing are on par then definitely this should be uh, acknowledged to the very least yeah fair like i would i would totally agree with you if if there was something that we could do to like prevent this suffering in the wild then yeah i agree with you it's it's the same as as causing the harm but it's a it's it's a to me it's a difficult example because there's not a clear way to solve it right now, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um funny funny that you bring up this topic though. There's actually a um a meetup happening tomorrow on wild animal suffering with um, Really? Yeah, some some guy who's a researcher at Animal Ethics, I guess it's like a nonprofit or something. He's anyways, uh I'm probably going to go. Let me know. We can talk after. <laughs> After the episode, yeah. if you want to come, if you're free, it sounds very interesting. Um, but anyways, very interesting. Yeah, um, I, yeah. So, like, this also ties in. I'll just bring up another point that I was thinking about um, when I was thinking about wild animal suffering just now. But like, it, it ties into anything really when we talk about like human ethics, whatever, it, whatever it may be, where we could be preventing some sort of suffering or harm, and. I think a lot of the time it comes down at least partially to like an appeal to futility. Right. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, an appeal to futility is almost saying like, well, if we can't uh, eliminate the harm or if we can't completely like solve the problem, then there's no real like need to try or like another way to phrase it is, 
Um, well, actually, yeah, you know, that was fine. Like, that makes we sense. Can't, yeah, if we can't stop, if we can't stop it completely, then there's like Why no reason for us to try to and do anything. It, it does apply to like preventing harm, right? Because if we're not the ones doing it, then a lot of the time we feel kind of like empowered, uh, powerless, right? Yeah. So, uh, like a big part of connecting that moral urgency with the applied aspect of it would be making people feel empowered that they can absolutely make a change by preventing harm not just by cutting the harm out that they're causing personally yeah it's interesting um just closing off on the peter singer argument like he makes the case that he pretty much makes the argument that um the moral the like moral thing to do or the ethical thing to do is to pretty much give away your money to the point at which like your level of well-being is equal to like the person you're giving the money to which is like super extreme yeah i haven't heard that but although i wouldn't be surprised if that's what he says um i've i heard him say that we should be donating five percent of our income um but i would not be surprised considering his logic and ethical framework that he says something like that and i do agree that's a little extreme yeah when we think of like applying that to the real world like who's really gonna do that yeah um so he, he i think he gives away about 50 percent, and he's like uh i'm tr- i'm not sure how much i want to get into it but yeah he says like five to ten percent is like more reasonable and it's like a doable thing and he says if everyone gave like five or ten percent of their income yeah. like the world would be a much better place pretty much um but yeah i i think about it and like it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself to be like oh by not giving away this extra x amount of money or by spending it on something that like i don't need like whatever a video game or like entertainment or whatever that like i should feel bad like that's a I don't know. It it's something is a I struggle with a bit, yeah. Especially living in a Western society, we're so disconnected, and like our generations before us have been brought up a certain way that it's just like the disconnect and the conditioning, or like the way we've gotten used to the way we're living is it's like a huge jump to go from that to kind of Peter Singer's philosophy on on this kind of things and uh, trying to prevent harm that you're not directly directly causing or even experiencing. Yeah, and um, I th- I think this. Maybe the like it's similar to you potentially deciding how much activism to do. I don't know if you ever feel a sense of guilt about not doing yeah enough. yeah it's, it's a similar yeah, it's a I similar do personally. thing yeah, it is a similar thing and like sorry to tie back to veganism, but I feel like it's just so like prominent it, on this topic because like what you just said is so true when you go vegan it's like a huge step and you cut out that harm that you're directly causing. But I feel like, like at least for me, the longer I've been vegan and as soon as I've started doing activism as well, it's like almost like the more I do, I feel like the less, um, not the less impact I'm having, but like the more I do, the more I realize like how big of a problem it really is and how, urgent the problem really is and how much more i should be doing like it's never enough essentially yeah which feels, um, feels like a problem 
<laughs> exactly because at one time i thought veganism you go vegan and like that's it that's the end of the road like that's you're giving 100 percent. yeah um but then when you think about like this kind of philosophical framework where it's like what is the difference between like causing it and then not educating people that just don't have the information right not educating people that if had the information would change like yeah. what is the difference i i i personally don't see one and uh, yeah again i'll say like I think there's a bit of an applied difference, but ethically, I can't see how we can logically say there's a difference. Right. Um, switching gears a bit, uh, thinking of examples like, uh, let's say Amazon introduces more robots in their factories to save cost, costs and like lay off workers or don't hire as much, similar to like, Grocery stores introducing self-checkout, banks introducing ATMs, Yeah, maybe like self-driving cars coming in the future. I'm trying to think through, um, is that, would you consider those companies causing harm to these people who are laid off and, I don't know, they, they might have, they're going to have it, they're going to have it rough for a bit. Is it like... How do, I'm trying to think how it relates to this concept of causing harm versus not preventing harm yeah, at all. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, actually. And, like, I was trying to, like, just now when you were explaining, I was trying to think of an answer. But, like, when you think about it, when you talk about businesses, industries, most of, like, consumerism in general, there's just going to be harm caused. Like, whether whether you try or not or whether you look at it, like, one way or the other. In no in any type of like industry, I mean at least until like far down from the future where maybe something unforeseeable happens, I feel like anything will cause a certain amount of harm and industries at the end of the day will just work towards a profit. So yeah, I think I would maybe say it's causing harm, right? Like they are the reason that these people are losing out of a job. So yeah. they would be causing harm, but um it would be hard for me to like put moral blame on them because at the end of the day they are a company i mean yeah. i put moral blame on a company that um that has sweatshops and things like that but i mean for letting workers go i don't know if i can i don't know if i can tie like ethics into that too much um in that aspect so i've never thought about this before but it just made me think of it when you made that comment about not blaming companies for let's say laying off workers um with the introduction of self-checkout or whatever but placing blame on companies can you still hear me yeah you just cut out for a moment but i, I can okay. hear you. yeah i was saying like you said that companies should um should not be blamed for like laying off workers um to put in self-checkout or automated stuff but they should be blamed when they engage in like, what do you say? Like child labor or whatever. Yeah. Child labor, things that can easily be prevented. Uh, like, you know, so like what's, the more you think about it, the, I'm wondering how different they are. Cause both, yeah, you know, both are motivated more, by profit. Exactly. The more I'm thinking about it, the more it sounds like similar. Uh, yeah. Like you said, they are both motivated by profit, but I feel like in one, there's just, um kind of like a normative ethic in 
ingrained into the human species, ingrained into our societies as of right now. And I know that like uh, so the way societies work isn't always the right way, but in terms of how society is structured today, I think we can absolutely call people immoral for like enslaving children um, where that is known to be like fairly easily prevented and known worldwide. Well, most parts of the world, I hope to be like uh, morally abhorrent. Yes. Whereas laying off workers, like it is something that's causing harm and it is profit motivated, but at least in the terms of normative ethics and the way we should be able to judge people for their ethical decisions. I think there is a difference just in terms of that normative uh, societal structure. Huh? Yeah, I agree with you. Like the, the child labor one's definitely more direct and you know, for sure harm's being caused. Um, but I wonder if, if the fact that it's more direct matters, like direct versus indirect, like if you can, if you can prove, I don't know if this data exists. I, my guess is it does that on average, someone who's unemployed is more likely to go hungry, uh, become depressed. Like, I don't know if these stats exist, but there's a good chance they do. So when a company lays off, I don't know, a thousand people, they, they might know based on statistics, they're more, they're likely to cause harm. But yeah, I agree with you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel at all as though, they should be as responsible as yeah as the child labor thing it's it's interesting man like this whole conversation is like interesting in, in just the way that like i think i said from the beginning that there's really two aspects you can look at it from both of which are valid and like oftentimes you're going to get different answers from both sides so yeah like although i agree like Ethically, it's it's hard to see that there's a big difference there, but I guess we just gotta like work with what we have and how society is right now, and and do our best with that. Uh, yeah. if that makes sense, and we can only do as much as like society and um, people let us, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this yeah. relates to causing harm versus not preventing harm, but um, a scenario that that I found interesting that I've seen a few times recently is around self-driving cars. And like, as they, like, as they're introduced, like companies will have to make decisions on how to handle situations in which like one of two groups could potentially get harmed. So like an example might be you're in your own self-driving car or whatever, or you're in an Uber that's self-driving and I don't know, like you're, you're going fast in the car through like a green light and like a family or like a a mother with a stroller comes out of nowhere and the car has to decide whether or not to, it's either going to like hit them or it's going to swerve. And the only option is for like the car to hit a pole and like you might get seriously injured. Yeah. (laughs) And like, how do they decide, how do they decide how to code it? Have you heard that example or no? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Um, so yeah, like this, it's, it's, it is interesting because it's like a real world thing that they're like, these companies are now going to have to decide. So I've heard like different things being, for, I've That's heard crazy. arguments <laughs> for each side. I've heard arguments for each side. Um, I've heard an, an interesting argument where it's like, you get to choose the, <laughs> the mode. Oh, you God. Want. <laughs> 
do you want to spare people or or not? Um, but to me, the strongest yeah. argument around this is you got to protect the rider, even if yeah, yeah you got to protect the rider because otherwise, no one's going to get in these cars. Yeah. And who would be held accountable for something like that? Would it be the company? I don't know. Like, definitely, if if there's like a a malfunction, we've I, I we've seen this during testing of self driving cars. Like, uh, something went wrong with. I think one or two people have died during self driving tests. Um, well, let's let's say they perfect it, and um, let's say you can choose, or let's say they choose that it it protects the driver like you said and it kills a mother in a stroller like who is held accountable for that that would be an also an interesting question yeah uh yeah it's a good point i assume it would follow the same way that situation like is is determined today like if a person hits someone they determine if the driver's at fault and it would be a same well let's say let's say it wasn't let's say it was a green light for the driver even right if the driver's not at fault and it's the pedestrian that's at fault, then I don't see any issue. Like the company can't be in trouble. What's interesting though, is if the company is at fault because of an error or like a software glitch, the interesting thing is in today's world, if the driver's at fault, you could get like um, manslaughter or something, right? You could serve exactly. like prison time versus... Exactly, so that's why I was asking. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I don't think it relates to causing versus not preventing harm. But no, no. <laughs> that, is, that is an interesting topic. <laughs> um, the last thing maybe, if you do you have like five more minutes or no? Yeah, I have a couple more minutes. Okay. The last example that I thought was interesting was like, I think this is like a classic example used in this like causing versus not preventing harm. And the example is like, I'll just read it word for word. It's like, Kelly is a figure skater trying out for the Olympics. The final spot on the team will go to either her or Jesse, depending on the outcome of a competition. When Kelly goes to the pro shop to pick up her skates, she sees Jesse's skates lying on the counter. And there's two scenarios. One, Kelly realizes she could loosen the screws on Jesse's skates, causing her to uh, fall during the competition and lose. It's likely that Jesse will, would seriously injure herself during the fall. Um, and then the other one is Kelly sees that the screws are loose on Jesse's skate. So they're already loose, which she knows is likely going to make her lose and probably injure herself. And then there's the question of like, if she doesn't tighten them or doesn't tell like the pro shop, is it like the same yeah. thing? Oh, these are tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> to me, um, to me, these are the same. Like legally yeah. and everything. Like if the hard part is proving this stuff, but if you can exactly if you can prove that like she knew that like the skates were loose and like it was very clear that she knew that they were gonna get injured, like it's hard to prove. But assuming you can prove that, to me it's the exact same thing. Whether whether they loosen the screws or I, they're already loosened. Yeah. I, I yeah, I feel like just like the moral uh the implications you would have like for yourself at least, or I don't know if they would feel any remorse. Like I could only imagine that it would be the exact same. Yeah. You know, like I don't see how that would make you feel any differently. Like I'm trying to put my, myself in those, in that position. Right. So I feel like screwing it and seeing her fall and then 
knowing that it's unscrewed and watching her like get on the ice and seeing her fall like i would feel the exact same way yeah so yeah i, I would agree with that cool well very very interesting conversation yeah very interesting conversation we kind of answered the question in like the beginning yeah. and then just brought like a bunch of different scenarios but it was really interesting cool all right that's all i yeah. got you yeah that's pretty much all i wanted to talk about cool thanks again yeah thanks hope for having me on man it was a good time i like i like chatting with you me too cool all right thanks again for tuning in to can i ask you a question If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.